0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
3: Yes, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos on this Wednesday. I was just talking to somebody, actually, just a few moments ago. I can't believe how quickly the days are flying by. And all of a sudden, here we are, the 15th of February, 13 days left of summer. Then we're into autumn, and then the dreaded winter comes in. And as we know, when it comes to winter, and predominantly, it's uh Footy weather, and we're going to talk a bit of footy just now because I picked up some news this afternoon. You may recall in December of 2021, East Perth recruit Michael Randall was stood out of football over a doping violation while playing for Peel Thunder. He was banned for the stimulant uh, fentamine, which is a substance that is often found in prescription weight loss medication, Didn't play last season, was unable to train with East Perth after he was stood down for the Peel Thunder last game of 2021 home and away season because of the positive test. Randall was always hopeful of playing for East Perth last season because he kept battling to try and get his suspension reduced from two years to 18 months. And that battle's been going on since... December of 2021, when he was ousted for two years. I can inform you now, uh, the West Australian Football Commission, as we know, confirmed that Randall had been issued with a notice of an anti-doping rule violation under the Australian Football Anti-Doping Code, and the AFL also imposed a mandatory provisional suspension on Michael Randall. Well... It seems to have worked to a certain degree. As I mentioned, Michael has been constant with his lawyer in trying to get this ban reduced from two years. And I am under the understanding that it's been passed as cleared by the West Australian Football Commission. It needs to be rubber stamped by the AFL and Michael Randall appears to be free to play WAFL football with East Perth in 2023 and his suspension has been reduced. I believe he'll start training in early March and will be available to play for East Perth by round four of this season. So that's some breaking news that East Perth recruit Michael Randall, after being banned for a positive drug test, ousted for two years, is been fighting To shorten that term, has been successful, has been hearing after hearing from what I gather, and he has been successful with the last hearing happening earlier today, and that being cleared by the West Australian Football Commission and now it's gone to the AFL for ratification and we be, believe that's a fate accompli. So he will be playing with East Perth this season and it will be as early as round four and is permitted to commence training, I believe, in early March. So that's the latest there on Michael Randall and you heard it first here on Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Kia. You can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. It's called Bedshed. The experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. And we're here all thanks to Kia. Progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design. Looking forward to the test match that gets underway on Friday, Mitchell Stark has flown in. And the big question now is what happens to Pat Cummings? Because I know that leading cricket writer Ben Horn has highlighted the downfalls of having a bowler as captain with question marks now arising about Pat Cummings place in the Australian 11 for that second test. As we know, the Aussies were thrashed. What was it by an innings at 132 runs in the first test in Nagpur but might have the services of Mitchell Clark and possibly Cameron Green for the second match starting on Friday. Now, Cummings is an automatic inclusion in the team because he is the captain. But Stark's ability to generate reverse swing is more suitable in Indian conditions. And many consider if Pat Cummings wasn't the captain, then he wouldn't be playing. Mitchell Stark would take his spot. That fact has left, uh, of course, a lot of people questioning whether Stark should play in favour of Cummings if he proves his fitness. And coming out of India, it appears that uh, Mitchell Stark is hell bent on bowling uh, in the first and the second test that gets underway on Friday. And of course, there still is the question mark about Cameron Green that appears that he's certainly improved in the last 24, 48 hours, and he too may be available to play for Australia. Well, Adam Collins from SEN caught up with Mitchell Stark uh, just a day or so after he landed in India ahead of the second test. And this is what the uh, tall left arm fast bowler had to say.
4: Mitch Stark, welcome to India. How are you going? Yeah, good. Good. Uh, nice to be back with the group and, and getting ready for a second test. Do you think you're ready to roll? Available for selection this week, do you think? Yeah, give it a good test today. Um, see how it pulls up in the morning, but yeah, I'll be doing everything I can to, to tick all the boxes I need to, to to be available for selection. So there'll be challenges beyond bowling, of course. You'll have to bat and have to field and all the rest of it. How do you mitigate those risks? Uh, not too concerned about that that aspect of it. Um, have been batting. Um, I'll, I'll be filled with the cap on it, so uh, much the same as, as Melbourne when the injury first occurred, so um, that side of it not too worried about just making sure that that I can execute the skills I want to with the ball and and play my role there. And you've been gearing up for this series in an unusual way not using your middle finger to bowl in the nets talk us through how you actually do that. Uh, Well I've had the cap on so not this cap but um, so uh, that obviously presents no grip on the ball Um, so it was bowling my middle uh, sorry my index finger my ring finger on the ball and and probably strengthen up that that ring finger to to get it to swing so um, yeah just had some be a bit creative with being able to still get my workloads in, um, still execute to some degree and, and feel like I was in a place where I was ready to, to hit the ground running when the cap did come off. Nathan Lyon must be chuffed to see you, a bit of extra rough for him. Yeah, I think the two spinners are, too, or our two offies are, um, uh, yeah, happy that I might create some rough for him. Um, obviously, it, it's it's a talking point when when we do um, play in spinning conditions with, with my footmarks and, and the way uh, I'll probably work in tandem with Nathan in the past. So, um, yeah, if that, that presents that's an an opportunity, I'll I'll certainly be doing my best to to help them out. Just a quick chat today. So go off and do your training. Good luck. Hope the finger's right and speak you through the week. Thanks for joining SCN Test Cricket. Thank you. That's uh, Adam Collins talking to Mitch
3: Stark. As you can see, he's pretty buoyed, pretty excited. He's got everything uh, under control. And I think uh, with his reverse swing that is so effective in Indian conditions, he will be playing. But where does this leave Pat Cummins? There you go. Uh, as I said, a few people now questioning whether having a fast bowler as captain is the right thing to do. Just having a look at the Marsh One Day match currently underway. WA taking on South Australia at the Adelaide Oval. After we were pretty well beaten in the Sheffield Shield uh, match, WA have done well after 30 overs. They're one for 151, bringing up to date thanks to tyre power. Buy three get one free on selected Falcon tyres during Tyre Power's best buys on big brand sale. One for 151. Darcy Short is 79 out of 94 balls, and Cam Bancroft is 73 out off 76 balls. So they're looking at a total, you'd think, close to 300 with plenty of wickets in hand. One for 151. Plenty happening in the captaincy stakes. Uh, Tim Watson has given his opinion on Dyson and Heppel and the Essendon captaincy. This is what he said on SEN Breakfast this morning. He is a great clubman. I don't know whether you know much about Dyson Heppel, but
5: uh, he wins the best... Clubman-type awards year after year because he's very sensitive and very empathetic towards people, that type of thing, and he's loved within the dressing room at Essen. Mm. Having watched him play, and this is purely on watching him play, Mm. I would think he's reaching that period of his twilight of his career where he's not necessarily going to be a walk-up start certainty to be in the team. So that's why I thought that, okay, they were moving on and, you know, they're going to find another leader, I whether do. it was going to be a singular leader or whether it was going to be dual captaincy, whatever it was going to be. Yep. I agreed I thought that... that I mean, his... you've watched him play. Yeah, uh, no, I thought he's fine Do you tired. think I've summarised that no, accurately no, or not?
0: I do, because there was a time where he didn't look like he's a walk-up start to be in their best
5: 18, right? Yeah, and it happens. Look, it happens to everybody. Oh, you does. get to a point in your career where you know you're no longer one of the better players, and uh, somebody else takes your place inside. So that happens, but I don't know whether you can go into a season. I think you'd need to think long and hard about the fact if you're going to name your captain, they would they would have to be somebody that you consider is
3: a walk up start to be playing when they're fit each and every week. OK, and a couple of other captaincy uh, movements. Toby Green, as we know, has been named captain of the Greater Western Sydney Giants. And this is what he had to say on being named captain. It's a huge honour. It's, it's, um, yeah, something uh, sort of
1: been, oh, it's come, come a long way, taken a long time. But, um, you know, that's that was all due course. You know, it took a lot of... um. Sort of work on my leadership skills, and you know, as a young kid, I was I was probably nowhere near it, and sort of just trying to find my way in AFL footy, and. Um yeah, in my 12th season now at the club and I've you know, been here since the start, so it's a, it's a massive honour and something I um, certainly don't underrate and something I'll be uh, trying to put all my time and effort into doing the best job I can.
0: We know that you were named as a co-captain last season alongside Josh Kelly and Stephen Canelio. They'll both be your vice captains in 2023. It must be great to have two people who you've worked alongside, but also that are really close mates of yours to to be supporting you in this role.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was, we've, um, you know, i got a super strong relationship and, you know, I've been with with Coles since day one, and took two years after that. So um, there's a, yeah, there's a, it's a really strong bond, strong relationship, and I'll be relying heavily on those two throughout the year for uh, for a lot of for a lot of leadership. Um, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to getting to work with them along with the younger boys who will be named in the leadership group. It's um, an exciting mix with you know four, four new guys and then the three boys um, who've been there for a while.
0: You spoke about your development as a leader. Some may not have seen you as a captain. You may not have seen yourself as a captain when you first arrived here as an 18-year-old. Um, what's that journey been like for you? It's clearly something that you're passionate about and wanted to, to really put some time and effort into as well.
1: Yeah, it certainly uh, certainly wasn't linear from day one. Um, <laughs> I um, yeah, I've had a lot of had a lot of learnings along the journey, and you know, um, you know, had a few stuff ups as well, and you know, learn a lot more from them than what you do um, otherwise. So. Um, as I said, it's been a, a big work in progress and something I've worked on, you know, hard for five or six years, and sort of knew my place in the team. And, you know, I wanted to see the best for this club and, and get the best results possible. So, um, yeah, it felt right to, um, yeah, put, put time and effort into it. And as I said, you know, last year with Chook and Cogs and this year by myself, um, you know, it's a it's a huge uh, huge honour, but something I've still got to put a lot of time and effort into.
3: So there you go. There's uh, the big move. Toby Green just needs to work on his discipline. I reckon the captaincy may fit nicely with him as he works on his game. And he's such a an influential player when it comes to the Giants. So congratulations on his selection as sole captain for the Giants this season. They've just lost a wicket to have the WA side in the Marsh Cup match, the 50 over a side game. Uh, Darcy Short has just been dismissed for 73 off 99 balls, two for 155. Josh Inglis has come to the crease to join Cam Bancroft, who's on 73. Well, Peter Boll's lawyer, Paul Green, was featured on Breakfast Radio this morning here on SEN. I think it's worth uh, having a re-listen to what he had to say because Peter Boll is ready to resume training, we believe, as early as tomorrow. But his lawyer, Paul Green, will give us the latest. We'll hear uh, a few minutes from him after the break. Also coming up, we'll speak to Alex Aparkas, who is the uh, coach of the Perth Glory women's team who have now gone four games without defeat and are making a serious charge for maybe a finals berth. We'll speak to Alex a little bit later on. They've taken some of the mighty teams down in the last couple of weeks. And also in the program, we'll speak to Peter Bocop. We speak to him once a month. He is the Chief Operating Officer of Venues West. And we're going to talk about the volume of people that flocked to Venues West stadiums during the course of this last weekend. The UFC, he'll crunch the numbers for us at RAC Arena. Uh, the activity with that big concert, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Post Malone here at Optus Stadium. And also we've got Harry Styles, I see, playing at HBF Park uh, or Stadium there in East Perth, formerly Perth Oval, formerly the home of the East Perth Footy Club. Uh, but I believe you're not allowed to camp overnight to get the best seats, those general admission seats when the gates do open. We'll talk to him about that, but more importantly, talk to him about all the events that are coming up uh, over the next uh, few weeks at Venues West Stadiums. And there's some beauties. Of course, the footy's going to start. We've got the netball about to start. There's still some Western force not far away now. Plenty coming away. way will bring you right up to date on how to also secure tickets for some of the major events coming up at those venues. It's 14 past five. This is Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos here, wherever you may be listening on the SEN Network.
2: Say for Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
3: Another wicket at the cricket. Josh Inglis out for only five, only faced the four balls, hit one boundary, so he's gone for five. Before that, Darcy Short went for 74, and Josh Phillippe, the first man out, for five. Cam Bancroft is 73, not out, and Marcus Stoinis has come to the crease. Uh, he's yet to get off the mark, and the bang to come, Ashton Turner, Aaron Hardy, Joel Paris, Cameron Gannon, Charlie Stobo and Jason Berendorf. That's the 11. They're chasing 211 for victory. That's uh, the total. South Australia made 210 and WA 3 for 160. Looking at the South Australian innings, by the way, when you look at the wicket takers, Berendorf never fails. 3 for 36. He bowled 9.3 overs. And there were two wickets apiece to Joel Paris, two for 42 from 10, and Darcy Short with his uh, left arm orthodox spin, two for 37 off seven overs. There was one apiece to Stobo, Gannon and Stoyness. As I mentioned, one of the big stories in the last 24, 48 hours has been Peter Bowl. and his lawyers come out and shredded the process behind the star athletes, a sample being made public knowledge. Bowl's world, as we know, was flipped upside down in January when results of an October test returned a positive reading for EPO. The announcement meant the Aussie athlete was suspended from training and competition. But almost a month later, as we know, the 800-metre track stars had his suspension lifted after his B sample did not confirm his A sample. This morning on Scotty and Goss, we'll play a couple of minutes of this chat. Here is Peter Bowles' lawyer, Paul Green. Well, I was naturally elated... I knew that Peter was
6: innocent. I just believed it in my guts. I talked to him. We went over everything. It made no sense. I told everyone that a month ago when we did this initial round of, of interviews, and it turned out I was right. Uh, Sport Integrity Australia can decide do they want to keep an investigation open, but there's nothing to find out. I mean, he didn't do anything. His, his sample didn't confirm what they thought. The case is over, so I, you know we're, we're all elated and relieved, and we're hoping Pete can you now just get back to a, somewhat of a normal existence again.
7: You are concerned that the original sample, the A sample, was released. The, the result of that was released. You weren't. You don't agree on that. Is that the normal process that the A sample is no. released? That, tell us more.
6: No, it isn't a normal process. I mean, there's no mandatory requirement that it be kept quiet, but normal practice is that it is, particularly in such high-profile cases. And, in fact, they initially agreed to keep it quiet, but then called me and told me there had been a leak, and that's why they had to release it. So that's why I said the way it was handled, the fact that there was a leak, that needs to be figured out. I mean, somebody did something they shouldn't have. That's not okay. And, you know... The cases go back in time to the beginning of the anti-doping world and say that there's strict liability on the athlete. The standard is equally high on the organizers of the anti-doping movement as well. It's double strict liability, strict liability on them and strict liability on athletes. So they need to be held to the same high standard. Athletes are held to an impossibly high standard, and they're accused, in this case, wrongly, smirched, and not even, they won't even admit that they messed it up because they put out a statement saying something to the effect that the investigation remains open, when in fact they have no evidence of anything.
4: That's the problem that I we spoke about it last week or the week before, Paul, Goss, and I, and we're talking about how much mud sticks. You know, when you get accused of something like that, um, and with the leaking of the A sample, which as you say, should never have ever happened... There's there's some mud that sticks. His his reputation has been tainted, albeit unfairly.
6: It's true to the extent that somebody wants to be a cynic and not believe him. I suppose that, yes, this always will be out there that he was wrongly accused. People are wrongly accused of things all the time in our justice system. Whether or not everyone chooses to believe that they were wrongly accused or not, I suppose, is up to them. Everyone's entitled to an opinion about whatever. It's not necessarily a valid one, but I can tell everyone that Pete is innocent in this case. And I just, you know, I think Australia seems to be behind him, which is good, yep. because he told me one of the things that's kept him going is how much everybody stood by him. And that's that's the most important thing for these athletes. I mean, I've been doing these cases a long time. And, you know, when you, have, when you lose your community, that's the worst thing that can happen to a person. Um, it really is. And we all think of it in our own world. Imagine we were all accused wrongly tomorrow and told we could no longer have our job. Boom. Just like that. I mean, it happened immediately. And you're torn from your community. You can't go back to work. You have to go somewhere else completely isolated from the world. That's what happened to him.
7: Paul Green is the lawyer, of course, uh, and supporter of Peter Bowl, whose B sample came back negative, leading to his provisional suspension being lifted, but Sports Integrity Australia have kept the case open because they want to know how that uh, first sample came back with a positive. Uh, can I ask you, Paul, I'm, I, and I don't want to read between the lines, I was a straight-up question. Does Peter Boll have grounds for any legal action against parties with uh, for... Defamation, image branding, damage, whatever that may be, going forward.
6: There certainly have been cases in the past where, in similar situations, athletes have successfully brought cases against labs and that sort of thing. Um, Whether or not he'll do that, we have to still figure that out. We haven't really. We want. I want to let the dust settle before we have a discussion about that kind of thing.
4: Paul, well, how does it happen? How does a A sample come back positive and a B sample negative? Is there contamination along the way? Is their process not up to speed, which allows contamination? I, I don't understand how he can test positive to a banned substance in one sample and not the other. Yeah.
6: Good question. So the EPO test is a very different test than a normal normal substance test. Most of the substances, think of 95 to 98%, even higher, are 100% synthetic, and when they get detected in the urine, there's no issue. The substance is in there. We know the body doesn't produce that substance, like a chlorinated compound, an anabolic steroid, um, a, a stimulant. All these things are detected in the urine. There's no way that got in your body other than you taking it from some outside source. So those are straightforward cases. The EPO test seeks to distinguish naturally occurring EPO, which we all have naturally occurring EPO. The kidneys produce it in various ways. And and also you know, with COVID in different places the body can get tricked into artificially producing more EPO and the structure between that and what would be recombinant EPO what happens with recombinant EPO synthetic EPO is that these producers wherever they are make EPO by producing it in like rats and then they'll extract it and it creates an EPO you would inject into your body they're very similar and the difference the way that they're detected differently is by density and other and other things that aren't straightforward And so they do this analysis with a gel, sort of like the way they test for DNA, where they're trying to determine different weight densities of this gel. And one, a recombinant or a synthetic EPO would have a different density than a naturally occurring EPO. But on the margin, sometimes it's very difficult. Also, the test sometimes is is subject to user error, that you can use too much urine on one of these lanes in the EPO test and overload the sample and make the smudge improper. And so there's a lot of opportunity for subjective analysis and user error in this particular test.
3: And that's. So there you go. That sort of gives you an explanation. That's Peter Bowles' lawyer, Paul Green, uh, as featured on uh, the breakfast show this morning with Scotty and Goss. Interesting, isn't it? Particularly when he explains uh, where at the end uh, there could be an error in relation to the way it's uh, instigated. That is uh, the A sample and then the B sample. The fact that the A sample was positive and the B sample negative. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Uh, After the break, we're going to go and talk a bit of local sport. And the Perth Glory A-League women's side is really starting to make grounds. Uh, Up the ladder, they've gone four games without defeat. After a bit of a stuttering start, and they've lost a couple of their best players for the remainder of the season. Uh, it is quite an incredible story. And are they pushing for an unlikely finals berth? We'll speak to their coach, Alexa Parkas next here on Sports Day.
2: Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
3: Yeah, great to have your company here on Sports Day. WA You can join us any time on the tempera bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Of course, Kia sponsors of the program, progressive technology, blistering performance, and there it goes. Quality design, uh, WA3 for 174, they only need another 37 runs. From 90 balls, Bancroft 78, Stoinis 7, WA 3 for 174, 211. The victory target in the Marsh one-day cup match, 50 over a side. So they'll do it quite easily, the WA boys, after a very disappointing Sheffield Shield performance against the South Australians. Let's talk to a success story uh, on local circles and the Perth Glory A-League women's side is really starting to get in shape and a serious push for possibly the finals. They've gone four games without loss. They've won their last three, including a a very impressive 3-1 away win to Ladder Leader Western United. Joining us on the program is the coach, Alex Aparkas. Alex, thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. It's been a fabulous run, hasn't it?
8: It has, yeah, it certainly has. The, the, the players are um, are in prime form at the moment, and we've just got to
3: make sure that we focus and, and,
8: and keep that going.
3: Not bad considering you've lost uh, two of your major players. I know you lost Riley uh, Basden for the entire season after the American tour, her ACL. And then Ella Mastodantonio was out for, what is it, four games for disciplinary reasons. Firstly, when's Ella due? To come back
8: yeah so uh, ella's Ella's uh, band got reduced um, in the, in the recent week, so her suspension's now up, and she's up for selection from the next match onwards um, and yeah, obviously losing Riley was a really heartbreaking moment for us as a group, but um it's allowed other players to to put their hand
3: up and and contribute to the team and uh, you know and i'm pleased in, in that regard. Well, you said at the time when you lost uh, Bay Bayesden that it was a huge dent in the side, but you backed the likes of Jantevsky and, and others to, to maybe step up, and I gather that's happened. It has. It has. And I think, you know,
8: we, um, we've been able to find, uh, you know, some type of positive story out of Riley's injury, as devastating as it is, in that, you know, the challenge was put to players that, We needed people to step up on and off the field um, because replacing Riley's uh, character and leadership was also going to be a bit of a hole, but also a quality on the field. And and everyone's really uh, contributed to that. And from a goal-scoring point of view, uh, a lot of players are are assisting
3: with that at the moment. And, um, yeah, we're we're scoring for fun, and, and long may it continue. I was just going to say that uh, at one stage, scoring was a little bit of an issue, but certainly hasn't been in recent weeks. A 3-1 away win, as we mentioned, to Western United, and you put four past Newcastle at home on the weekend. That must be very pleasing, the fact that you're scoring, uh, and that is very, very important in any game of football.
8: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Look, in the last four matches, I think we've, we've put 10 away. We've only conceded one. So we're, we're doing the business on both both ends, and that's important. You've got to get the balance right, and a lot of that is down to the, the effort the players are putting in at the training. They're, they're, put, they're working very hard. They're doing a lot of extras, and what you're seeing on the field isn't isn't by chance.
3: It's certainly because they're um, really really applying focus to, to what they're trying to do. So saying that, is it true that you've got a weekend off this week before you play at home against a Brisbane Roar?
8: Yeah, this week's a, a national window, so the the Matildas will be in action as will the other international teams. So um, Liz has uh, Liz Anton has, has left us this week to go and uh, represent New Zealand. Um, that that's all we have from our group, sort of uh, away at the moment. But yeah, it's a, it's a standard week off for for all the teams.
3: And the obvious question, uh, are you happy you've got a week's break or you're hoping to continue playing because of the momentum that the girls have built up in recent times?
8: Yeah, I mean, look, only a few weeks ago, we were going through that three-week period where we didn't have a game. The APL didn't allow us to play. And we had to use that time to, to maintain our focus and continue to train at a level that, you know, the rest of the competition was moving at because... Other teams were playing fixtures and we just had to maintain that intensity and that loading. This week will be similar. You know, we've only, we've just sort of overcome that hurdle. We'll we'll use what we learned in that three-week period and apply it to this week off. Um, But, you know, it's also a bit of an opportunity just to freshen up the players physically and mentally um, because we've got a a very big uh, and intense schedule for the run-in home for the remaining you know, five, six weeks. Um, so, look, we'll be smart about it, but it's it's all about ensuring that we're
3: prepared for the Brisbane match. So let's have a look at the situation. The Perth Glory are sitting in seventh position with 15 points at the moment, and Melbourne Victory sit in fourth spot with 22 points. There's a seven-point gap, but you've got two games in hand on Melbourne Victory. Now, you can really continue this great run when you return. You take on the Brisbane Roar at home, on Saturday the 25th, and then you've got another home game the week after against the Western Sydney Wanderers. On current form, two winnable games, Alex.
8: Uh, look, you know, I, I think if we apply what we're doing on a week by week basis, it could be it could be Brisbane, it could be Melbourne Victory, it could be Melbourne City, it could be Sydney. I, I don't I don't mind who we're playing against. We if we're doing doing our bit and we're performing the way we want to, then um, you know each match, in my opinion, is, is a very winnable uh, opportunity, and and that's the way we've got to look at it. We've got to take it week by week and continue to accumulate the points and 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 make sure we're performing at a level that gives us that result. And then you know we're hopeful enough that the the mathematical side of making finals will just take care of itself, but. We don't want to put that at the forefront. We want the performances on a week-by-week basis to be on the forefront.
3: On current form, you are the form team in the competition. As I said, four without loss. No one actually has done that uh, over that same period. Uh, As we let you go, what has been the most surprising aspect uh, in relation to the Perth glory? I know you would have been... A bit down when you lost Riley and, of course, Ella and things weren't going that well early on. But all of a sudden now things have picked up. Why has it turned around? Is there anything really specific?
8: So it's a great question, Pete. Um, look, I think there, there was that little uh, period there where we just we, we felt as though things weren't going our way, whether it be within our performance or within, within uh, games, and even from a, an APL decision point of view with that fixture um, decision. But, you know, ultimately we just maintained a level of resilience within the group, and that includes the players and the staff and the club. And um, we, we were pretty fixated on the idea that if we just continue to put our heads down and work hard, things will turn around. That's the story of life, right? So we, we applied that to what we were doing as a group, we focused on ourselves. We focused on getting better. We worked very, very hard. And now we're starting to reap the rewards of that. So I guess the, to answer your question, the, the key thing that's sort of not surprised, that'd be the wrong word, because the, the group is, has overcome many hurdles in the time that I've been here. But I think it's um, it's just been reassuring to see that we've got a level of resilience still very alive and very strong in this group and the, the way that that continues to to show is, is something that I'm really proud of.
3: Yeah, and I know that certainly the girls are playing for you and they enjoy uh, the environment you've created. Well done, uh, Alex. Congratulations on what uh, has happened so far but there's still uh, plenty more games and plenty of things uh, to take on. There'll still be some challenges going forward but we know that uh, you and the uh, the team will do all their best. Congratulations. Enjoy the week off, and we look forward to the return on Saturday week against the Brisbane Roar at home. Thank you, mate. Appreciate the support. Good on you. Alexa Parkers, joining us, uh, and they're doing really well. As I said, the four-form te- team in the uh, A-League women's competition, our very own Perth glory. Four wins, three losses, and four losses. Uh, four wins, sorry. Three draws and four losses. At one stage, they only won one one game after I think the first seven and things were looking uh, a bit tenuous for them, but uh, they've certainly turned things around. Well done to them. Uh, Coming up 18 to six sports day, WA with Peter Vlahos. Thanks to Kia. Uh, We're going to take a break. Uh, The WA side on their way to recording victory in the Marsh one day cup. I'll update the uh, score for you after the break here on sports day. (laughs)
2: Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia
3: dealer. Yeah, it's great to have you company on this Wednesday here on Sports Day. And as we do once a month, we always speak to the Chief Operating Officer of Venues West. I'm just wondering if he's come up for air after what was a, a massive weekend. Peter Bokop joins us. Peter, very good evening to you. Good evening to you, Peter. And wasn't it a fantastic weekend for Perth Western Australia? It was huge. Of course, we had uh, concerts. We had Eternal MMA down there at HBF. Uh, we had UFC happening at RAC Arena. Can we start with the UFC? It went reportedly without a hitch. We know that tickets were just went out the door at lightning speed. Tell us about the event as a whole.
0: I think the the success of it was unprecedented. We had more interstate visitors than, than local Perth people attend that event. Over 10,000 people came to our wonderful city. And then I, I believe, I might have to check how many, but I think it's 50 million, the audience, saw Perth in its best light. And so I mean, what, what a success. And, and even though it started at 6 o'clock in the morning and we had people still, you know, enjoying their food and beverage, you know, we didn't have one eviction or one refusal of entry. So I, I don't know if we could ever top that event, Pete. It was um, it was a success all-round, for Western Australia, incredibly well run by ASM Global, our partner managers and their team.
3: Absolutely. Mm. And, of course, uh, the night before was Eternal MMA, wasn't there? That was at HBF Park, was it? Uh, HBF Stadium. Stadium, sorry, HBF Stadium, yeah. yeah.
0: And we had that one sold out as well, and and all the venues were talking. We think we actually sold about 100,000 tickets to events in Perth over the weekend, especially when you include Red Hot Chili Peppers at Optus Stadium on the
3: Sunday night. How many were here for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Post Malone here Saturday night? Just over 50,000, Pete. Wow, wow. Just over 50,000. That's huge. So as you said, nearly 100,000 tickets sold in a weekend. And you've got Harry Styles coming to town in a few days. When, oh, we, when's he performing? We
0: certainly do. He's um, he's here next Monday night. He's at HPF Park. Um, I've had a lot of discussion today about camping on the site and so forth, but um, we have got a very sold-out show. Harry would have to be the most popular performer in the world at this point in time. I think he's just won another bag of awards. Well, you reckon he's more I,
3: popular I, than Taylor Swift?
0: I'd say so. Really? I haven't seen this level of fanaticism in quite a while. I think it's a little bit Beatle maniac.
3: (laughs) Ah, Peter, please. (laughs) No one can top the Beatles, mate, please. And I gather that everybody that's going to see Harry Styles would be between the age of 13 and maybe 20 and of uh, the female gender.
0: Yeah, but predominantly female ticket purchasers, and predominantly late teenagers into yeah.
3: maybe some early twenties as well. How many? Yeah. How many are you expecting there on Monday night just for interest? Uh, just over thirty-one thousand. Wow, that is a serious uh, number of people. <laughs> but as you said, you've been uh, questioned regarding you're not allowed to sleep out uh, before the concert and rush in when the gates open. So I guess that's for safety reasons, is it?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, it's an inner-city location. We, and we're we actually preparing for 20,000 people to queue up before we open gates. So you know that area well. All of Loughton Park and the surrounding areas are going to be used for queuing systems. Um, the safety, I mean, you're not allowed, it's prohibited to camp in any case under the... the Caravan and Camping Act and also the local government. But we're not hiding behind that. It's safety that is paramount. And we've got a a lot of miners, female miners, that will be lining up. And it's it's not ideal to have um, people camping in that area especially when there's no facilities um there's not much access to water our venue is a construction site at the moment um, the harry stage is the biggest stage that i think we've ever had in that venue wow and it would be yeah not good for people to come in dehydrated sleep deprived sunburned cold we want people to turn up ready to rock and roll for the concert pete that's yeah. what we're looking for yeah. and um if you line up three or four days out, you're probably not going to be in the best state and you'll probably experience
3: some safety issues. Yeah, no, good point, good point. Uh, by the way, have any of your kids said, Dad, uh, any chance of me meeting Harry? <laughs>
0: Actually, well, yes, they have. Um, <laughs> um, one of one of my good friends over in Sydney was Harry's close personal protection security, and um, he, Harry sometimes stays. I won't let you know who the person is, otherwise I have a thousand phone calls. Yeah. Sometimes Harry drops in there, and um, Harry's surfboard is still at my friend's house over on the East Coast. Wow. um, You never know. You might pop in there and go for
3: a surf at some point. Uh, Good stuff. All right. Uh, I know you're a keen surfer as well. All right, let's go through about some of the events that are coming up. Optus Stadium, which was voted Australia's best stadium in the 2022 Stadium Awards, which is just fantastic. Uh, But there's some AFL footy heading our way as well.
0: Yeah. Can I just touch on that? Third year in a row, Peter, best stadium in Australia, which is wonderful for us. I'm also going to have a shout out to HFS Park that got second best rectangular stadium in Australia. Just Is that 100%. right? Yes, yeah, second best. Well, one percentage point I think behind Allianz in Sydney. So that's a, a wonderful result. So we'll, we'll get them next year, given that we've just put a 42
3: million. Oh, very good. very good. Very uh, yeah. good. fantastic. Uh, the Dockers and the Eagles are in action here in March.
0: Yeah, quite a historic weekend, Pete. I think it's the first time in in a long time that we've had both teams playing on the same weekend, day after each other. Mm. And um, what what I'm hoping for is a really strong start to the season. Could you imagine both Western Australia teams coming off wonderful wins? And and looking at it, I I think they're going to get there. Fremantle playing North Melbourne on the Saturday, and the Sunday, West Coast Eagles playing
3: the Giants. So I've got a feeling it's going to be two wins for WA to start the season off. And, of course, later in the year, we've got that NRL double header. Are tickets available for that as yet, uh, Pete?
0: Uh, they're not available just yet. They'll be available very soon. Um, some great teams coming. They're obviously, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which is a favourite of, of West Australians. I think their membership base over here runs into the thousands, which yeah. is wonderful. And, and as you're probably aware, we're, we're making a big push to get our own NRL team. We've got a, a government working group on it. The NRL has been very, very supportive, listing, and they're listening, and we hope when they do select the 18th franchise that we are right at the very top of the list. It would be great to have another code calling Perth home.
3: Yeah, no, fantastic and uh, certainly proud of our West Coast fever when it comes to the uh, netball title, of course winning the national title last season. They're not far away from getting a new season underway and trying to defend that premiership.
0: Yeah, look, the first game that they've got is um, Saturday the 18th of March, um, playing their old foes, the Melbourne Vixens. Uh, Followed up two more games, the 2nd of April against the Collingwood Magpies, which is always a bit of a grudge match, and the 23rd of April against the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Um, And the girls really showed us the way last year, didn't they, Peter? Mm. I was at that grand final, and I was one of the best events of the year and I've got a sneaking suspicion that the ladies
3: might just go back to back this year And before we let you go Pete, the Western Force are returning to HBF Park and so are the Glory as well after being at Macedonia Park where they play their final game there this week
0: Oh, absolutely. So we've got um, Western Force coming in on the 25th of February, right? That's just um, just five days after Harry Styles. And what, what we're really excited about the upgrade for the Women's
3: World Cup of complete. So 42 million dollars worth of improvements to the venue for players and patrons. Good on you, Pete. Thanks for joining us. We spoke a lot about a lot of things early. Uh, I can let people know that the Perth Lynx are taking on the Bendigo Spirit on Saturday the 20th of February at the Bendad Basketball Centre, and we've got the Champion Lakes Regatta Centre with the Dams Challenge 2023 on Sunday the 16th of April. Thanks for joining us, Pete. We'll do it again next month. Thanks, Pete. Good on you. Nice to chat to Peter Bocop. That's been the program. Thanks to Lee Fletcher and Jimmy Williams for joining us and helping us along. Uh, By the way, WA have defeated South Australia in the Marsh One Day Cup.